0: Thank you, choir and instrumentalists. Well, I was talking to the Saints football players last night and said, uh, turn in your Bibles to Romans. And all of them but one or two whipped out their phones. (laughs) So in order to impress you, I want you to know I got an iPad up here, all right? And I am going to advance my own slides, Lord willing. And the creek don't rise. We have amazing technology. And amazing struggles in the world. Things that uh, happen that you just wouldn't think could happen. And yet, God is at work through it all, bringing about His purposes and His plan. And I want you to be encouraged today, because God is caring for you, even by your presence in this place. And it may be that you've been in a long and circuitous journey, spiritually, and you are now turning your face back toward Calvary and the cross and Christ. And thinking about your own commitment to him and if so you are very much like the man who I am about to read about Jacob in Genesis 35 who had a great experience years before at a place he named Bethel and now he intends to go back to Bethel and in Verse 1 of chapter 35, God said to Jacob, Go up to Bethel and settle there and build an altar there to the God who appeared to you when you were fleeing from your brother Esau. So Jacob said to his household and to all those who were with him, get rid of the foreign gods you have with you. And purify yourselves and change your clothes. Then come, let us go up to Bethel. And I will build an altar to God who answered me in the day of my distress. And who has been with me wherever I have gone? So they gave Jacob all the foreign gods they had, and the rings in their ears. And Jacob buried them under the oak at Shechem. Then they set out and the terror of God fell on the towns all around them so that no one pursued them. Jacob and All the people with him came to Luz, that is, Bethel, in the land of Canaan. There he built an altar and called that place El Bethel. Because it was there that God revealed himself to him when he was fleeing from his brother. Everybody wants a self-designed religion. The paper reported yesterday, more and more people are unwilling to adopt anything out there. They want to make their own. I want to tell you, You're not smart enough or capable enough to discover God on your own. You can mark it down. You can write it on your pad or put it in your phone. I'm not smart enough to discover God on my own. God revealed himself to Jacob and that's how you find God. It's when God reveals himself to you that you'll know God. And until God reveals himself to you, whatever you come up with will be a false God, I assure you. Made in your image and your likeness. Approving all your likes, disproving all your dislikes. That will be your designer God. His face will be yours. We are people who believe that God loves us and he has been seeking for generations to reveal himself to us and that he must do so or we cannot and will not know him. I hear there is a clamor in Jefferson Parish for freedom from religion. On the Jefferson Parish School Board, apparently they don't want the president of the board praying for them. That's too much religion, and people need to be free from religion. Honestly, I'm not into religion that much. Just tell you the truth, I like Jesus an awful lot. And I think most religion is just man-made ideas about God. And that's not really where I want to go with my life. I'd like to know the God who revealed himself to Jacob at Bethel. I want to know the God who introduced himself to Abraham and Isaac, Jacob's grandpa and his father. I want to know the God who's interested in his world and revealing himself to the prophets and the kings. And who culminates his great revelation in his son, Jesus. Who is the brightness of God's image. And the exact representation of his nature. And who holds all things together by the word of his power. We are people who believe God has revealed himself. Not just to me in my closet but to a long history of folks whom he chose to be his vehicles, his avenues, his funnel of revelation to the rest of the world. And that's what God was up to when he said, through Abraham, all nations of the earth will be blessed. How? Because Abraham, I'm going to pour through you and your descendants the truth about who I am. I'm going to show you myself and ultimately culminate my revelation in the promised one who is coming. That's what God's up to in the world. Jacob has had a mighty struggle with God. He's gotten his new name, Prince with God. One who prevails with God and with men. He's come out of that experience with a new boldness in his heart. And he turns his face to go back to Bethel where God encountered him so powerfully more than 20 years ago. He does so because God says, go back to Bethel. I want you to remember the place where God most powerfully spoke to you. Where the God of heaven revealed himself to you on a bed of affliction or in the loss of a loved one or a crisis you experienced or when you were a boy or a girl or a college student and God opened the door of revelation and he knocked on the door of your heart and he spoke to you. Going back to Bethel is about returning to the God who revealed himself to you. When you called on him in the day of your distress, he answered you. And he's never left you since. God spoke to Jacob. And so Jacob took the lead. In bringing his whole clan and family back to God. And I just want to say to you, you take the lead in worship. God needs somebody who will step forward, who will take responsibility for the worship in the household. Who will take the word of God seriously, as Jacob did. And communicate the message of God to the family. Somebody needs to take the lead in worship. And God knocked on Jacob's door and said, Jacob, I want you to go back to Bethel. I want you to build the altar. Now, Jacob is the natural leader. He leads in everything else. Is there a natural leader in your home or in your circle of friends? Are you the one? You say, oh no, I'm not the leader. Well, who are you leading? You got some kids you're leading? Some teenagers? Maybe some friends who look to you? Whatever the capacity and role you have in leadership... I'm encouraging you this morning to do like Jacob did and take responsibility. Somebody needs to. Take the lead, even though you don't know all the answers. Some folks are afraid to open their mouth and talk about Jesus because they might get cornered by questions they don't know the answer to. Hello, that's me. I have no problem saying... You know, that's a good question. I don't know. It's all right for you not to know everything. You can take the lead even when you have questions. And you know you don't know all the answers. It's okay. Step out and do it. You got some precious people who are counting on you. In your family. Jacob had a family. He had lots of children. He felt a weight on his heart about them. I want you to feel the same. I want you to feel a weight on your heart about the people who look to you, who count on you, and for whom you are the leader. I want you to think about your spiritual leadership for them. You say, well, what does it mean to take the lead In worship it means you initiate the conversations that's one thing so you take the initiative you start talking about it you start the discussion you participate in the process I've known dads and moms all my ministry who sent their kids to church, but they themselves didn't go. They wanted the kids to go to church and learn, I guess, what they thought they'd all learned already and didn't need to go anymore. That's not what Jacob is doing here. Jacob's going to build the altar. He's going to physically be part of the process. He is going to participate. The most powerful way that you can lead your family in worship is to be a worshiper yourself. If you want to lead in worship, be the leading worshiper. Let them see your heart aflame with passion for God. Let them hear your prayers. Pray with your children. You will learn things as they pray and discover what's on their little hearts that you didn't know. And it will help you with your leadership, with your parenting, and with your grandparenting to hear hear your children and grandchildren pray. What a revelation it would be for your wife if you were to open your mouth and pray in her presence. The things she'd learn about the concerns that are truly yours and the things you'd learn about what's on her heart if you all prayed together. Participate in the process. Help select the place like Jacob did and rally the troops. You say, well, I don't know if they'll follow me. I tell you what, I think they will. That's my grandson Jackson and I caught him in motion. And I think this is how your family and friends are going to respond to you standing up and saying, we're going back to Bethel. I want us to start a discussion about what God means to us and how our family's going to worship and what we're going to do in following him. I think you're going to discover that a family is ready to go. His wives were ready to go. He didn't know it until he said, let's get out of here. And they said, you're right, let's get out of here. Let's go on back to Canaan, to the land of promise. Jacob, I don't think he even knew what Rachel and Leah were going to say. When he said, I'm ready to head out. But they said, let's go. And so did the family. Take the lead. Let God talk to you about this, okay? Let the Holy Spirit talk to you. Don't hide out right now. Just let God talk to you about what he wants you to do in taking leadership in worship of the God who loves us. Now here's a hard thing. We have to learn. You got to clean up the toxic waste. This is not the only time that this happens at Shechem. This place on the threshold of the promised land. It also happens in Joshua's day. They get ready to re-enter the land there at the end of joshua and there's this very famous quote that comes out of chapter 24 of joshua where joshua talks to all the people at shechem and he says okay It's time to put away your false gods. Are you going to serve the gods that your fathers served on the other side of the river? Are you going to serve the gods of the people in whose land you dwell? Or are you going to serve the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob? Choose you this day, whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That happened right here at the Oak at Shechem, hundreds of years later. Jacob set the pace. People need leadership Jesus wept over a people because he said they were like sheep without a shepherd. We have already quoted Isaiah 53 where the prophet says, All we like sheep have gone astray. And that really is what happens when we don't have a shepherd. We just wander in all these different directions. And so when you take the lead in worship, you also take the lead in cleaning up what's happened in the house you just share it with your family hey we're going back to Bethel we can't take these foreign gods with us how these gods crept in is a mystery to me you know Laban came looking for his gods. you remember and Rachel wouldn't get up off the trunk she had him hidden in a trunk And she told him I can't stand up right now I'm in the female way or whatever And so she sat on that trunk and they passed up. They didn't find the gods. She'd stolen the household gods out of Laban's house. They turned their faces toward the promised land and Jacob knows they got to clean up their act. I'm not talking to you because I think that you cleaning up your act is going to get you favor with God. I'm talking to you about this because if you've ever been to Bethel, The way to get back there is to get rid of the foreign gods. say, well, we don't have any foreign gods in our house. Are you sure? Hey, heard about a man this week who likes all the commandments except the first one. You shall have no other gods before me. He likes them all but that one. That particular command is nettlesome and worrisome to him. What's your passion in life? What are you really pouring your energies into? What what sets your heart ablaze? What gets you standing up on tiptoe? What charges you up? You sure that's not your god? It's so easy how these things creep in. You know, you can go to a website now put together by a New York City police officer who will help you, parents, find out what your kids are doing, help you spy on them. You can, you can uh, check their phones, you can check their websites, you can put little webcams in their bedroom. Yes, you can. You can put GPS devices on their cars, so you know everywhere they are all the time. Did you know you could do this? And there's a debate going on out there among parents whether parents really ought to know what their kids are doing. This policeman will tell you how you can search your teenager's bedroom to find out if there's weapons and drugs and where you can look. I don't know. I haven't been the best dad. I'm confessing in front of my daughters at keeping up on what my kids are doing. It's an awful busy world out there. But I think if you put out the invitation as the leader of your family and you said, I want us to get back where we need to be with God and I want us to get rid of the stuff that's keeping us from getting there. There There's some things that would come to mind. There's some websites logged in as favorites that are going to have to go. There may be some numbers in the cell phone that are going to have to be deleted. There's some books, maybe magazines, that you might just haul out of the house. I'll bet you if you cleaned up your act and your family took you seriously and you started working on getting rid of anything that pertained to the false gods that you worship when your fathers were on the other side of the river or the gods of the people who are now around you in whose land you dwell, if you started getting rid of all that stuff that pertains to the false gods, I bet it'd make a pile and you could dig a hole in the backyard and bury it and that's what they did they buried it somebody here is thinking that stuff doesn't hurt me what a joke what a joke how blind can you be I have heard People staggering under the weight of addictions that were visibly destroying them. And say that stuff doesn't hurt me. I'll do what I want. Hey, you can do what you want. It's a free country, all right? Is Jesus Lord? Is Jesus Lord? See, Lord, in His church. You see, Lord, in You. You ever pray the model prayer? Our Father who art in heaven, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You ever pray that prayer? You mean it? Brothers and sisters, the church of Jesus Christ staggers through the world with sickness and weakness because we won't deal with the false gods. We love our sin too much to get rid of it, to desert it, to bury it. We're too much in love with the stuff that holds us and got its tentacles in us, and we don't want to get rid of it. It's time to choose. When you turn your face toward Bethel, whom you will serve. you going to serve with your life, young person. You say, well, this stuff didn't hurt me. It's draining the life out of you. It's putting you at risk in the most important decisions of your life, which you're going to be making just in the next few years. You know when you ought to be most focused on Jesus, most committed to His cause, most sensitive to being holy and blameless before Him? When you're making the decisions to shape the rest of your life. That's when... Your youth is no time to wander off into dead ends and disasters. Those troubles cast their shadow long and far over your journey. Much better for you to say Jesus is Lord and bury the stuff that fights with His Lordship in your life clean up the toxic mess and have a public ceremony of burial. As what Jacob did, he dug a hole under the tree and he buried the stuff that his family brought to him. They threw it in the hole and they turned it into a grave. That's not too dramatic for even us to do now. I'm not the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit could be talking to somebody in here who knows right now what's in your house hidden in a trunk that needs to be buried. You already know it. You already know what's hidden in your files on your computer that needs to be deleted forever. You already know it. The Holy Spirit has already brought it to your mind. And every time you go to that place, you can sense your spiritual vitality failing. It's draining out of you. Even as you bring in through your eyes and your ears this stuff that you know is like poison to your soul. And already the Holy Spirit's brought it up. Church of Jesus Christ, let's be stronger than we are. Let's be strong together. Let's walk faithfully together. Let's get us a grave and bury the stuff that drags us down and drags us out. Let's get rid of it. Let's put the poison away. And let's choose to serve the Lord with a whole heart and bury the other stuff. Sometimes we want to go back, but our Burdens are too big. found this picture of a person mighty burdened. Burdened, in fact, they can hardly see their way forward. Sometimes that's how we look spiritually. We're covered up by the stuff we're carrying forward. There is a wonderful liberty for the children of God who operate according to the law of the spirit of life instead of the law of sin and death. It's a law of grace that takes the burden off your shoulders, that gives you a new spring in your step, that straightens your back and puts your face up and helps you look forward to the future God has given you. There are wonderful things for the person who knows how to roll the burden off maybe what God wants to do in your life today is relieve you of the burden that's crushing you. A burden of questions and despair and frustration and guilt and disappointment and resentment and bitterness and all these things being carried around in this little heart of yours And it's a crushing weight. You feel it every day. It disturbs your sleep and troubles your current relationships because you're carrying around this junk, this stuff, that Jesus died on the cross to cut loose from your life and bury in the depths of the sea. He paid the whole price for you to get rid of this spiritual burden which you bear every day of your life. That's what forgiveness is all about. He wants to remove it from you today. He wants you walking boldly and courageously and confidently in the world in which He is made. And living for him in power, delivered from the power of sin in your life. It only comes through grace. Nobody can leave this room today and remove that burden themselves. It's only grace. Grace is the unearned favor of God. God forgives us because Jesus paid it all. Jesus died for you on the cross. He paid for all your sin debt. He wants to bury it. He wants to give you a new life in the Spirit. Say, it's time for a new start. Somebody here has been longing for a way to start over. You've been saying in your heart, I wish there was a way that I could go back to the beginning and start over again. I think Jesus Christ is a way that somebody starts over. That's why John the Apostle said, trusting in him is just like being born again. Jesus, in fact, said, you must be born again. You say, well, I've already been born again. Well, knowing Jesus as Savior, he calls you to a new start again, not to be born again but to commit your body as a living sacrifice to him holy and acceptable act of worship I beg you brothers and sisters let's do it let's ask God for a new beginning let's set away the stuff that we know is tearing us down and let's ask God to take us back to Bethel with a new start where he showed himself to us powerful Let's go to that place. Let's return to the God who answered us when we called on him in our distress, maybe years ago, and who has never deserted us, no matter where we went, even right up to the present time. Let's bow together. You never know who's listening. Who's suffering the heartache? You never know to whom the message goes like an arrow. Somebody came up to me last night after I presented the message and said, this was for me. I want you to know this altar is open if you want to come and pray. This would be a great place to just get on your knees, let the burden roll off. A great place to say, God, I need a new start spiritually in my life. I want to do it right here, right now. This would be a great moment to say, Lord, give me a new beginning. God, I pray for brothers and sisters in this place who need to start afresh and anew in their walk with you, who need to go back to Bethel, to the God who revealed himself to them in the time of their crisis and need lord i pray that you will call us back to yourself i pray for the ones most at risk for those closest to the poison god that you will deliver them and help the burden to roll off break the chains that bind us do your work in us we pray give us that new day we long for and set our feet back on the solid ground which is christ alone